What is up? This is the Leafs Convo podcast for Oak Ridge Ford in London, Ontario. OakRidgeFord.com employee pricing continues on, and it's a lot of money off your next vehicle. OakRidgeFord.com or get at me. I'm Norm along with Mike for Sunday, August 30th, 2020. The NHL Stanley Cup playoffs continue on without the Maple Leafs, but there is news about the Maple Leafs. In this case, revolving around the goaltender for some strange reason. Mike, fill us in. Good morning, Norm. Uh, in a column in The Athletic during the week, James Myrtle, uh, and I've written about this uh, next step on Hockey Buzz, you know, what is the next step for the Leafs? And he plotted a number of different courses, and one of them was the potential trading of Frederick Anderson. Now, the situation is he's got a year left in his contract at $5 bucks. Uh, he's then an unrestricted free agent. The question is whether the Leafs want to extend him, how much it's going to cost for them to extend him, and do they think that they can upgrade in goal, or are they happy with Anderson's performance? Now, uh, Ellie Friedman said last night that you know the Leafs are looking at all the aspects of this. Obviously, if they're going to move Anderson, they're you know they have an idea of what they would want in terms of one of these goaltenders in free agency like Robin Leonard or Jakob Markstrom or Braden Holtby or Corey Crawford. There's a number of goalies out there and there's a number of other situations with expansion coming up next June uh, that teams have two goaltenders. So, you know, just like uh, the Pittsburgh Penguins with Matt Murray and Tristan Jerry, they probably have to choose one and trade the other. So if the Leafs, have a, an avenue to upgrade in goal, then they would more than likely trade Anderson to clear the cap space and bring back an asset or two. Now, Friedman said, and I, I agree, it, it's a situation where they're not going to change for change's sake. But mm-hmm. the situation is Anderson's 30 years old. He's one year away from UFA. And based on the years that he's had in Toronto, the consistency and how well he's played, he's probably going to be looking for more than $5 million a year on a long-term deal. I don't know whether the Leafs want to pay that or can pay that. So that's why I think the rumors are out there. This is the Leafs Convo Podcast. Norm, along with Mike, hit the subscribe button. If you are partaking in this podcast event on YouTube, subscribe on whichever platform you're listening to us. Thank you very much for all of your support. I guess this is the reality for the Maple Leafs. Even players who are integral are potentially on the block to be moved because this comes down to money and freeing up more money in order to augment the group properly. It also comes down to results. Uh, I think, you know, I, I like, I don't think anybody who doesn't have animus toward Frederick Anderson believes that Anderson was responsible for them losing to Columbus uh, in five games. He had a 936 save percentage. The, the, you know, there were a couple goals here or there, but if you look at some of the goaltenders and how they're performing in the playoffs right now, everybody gives up a bad goal, a bad goal or two, but he wasn't responsible. It was the fact that the Leafs couldn't score in the playoffs and at times couldn't play good defensively. So, but the thing is they've lost four times in the opening round of the playoffs with Anderson and goal. And I, I point that towards the Leafs defense, but you know, if there's an internal belief that the same thing will happen over and over again, or that he can't get over the hump and he'll expect to make, you know, six, six and a half, $7 million on a new deal, then you can understand why Kyle Dubas is looking elsewhere. There's no guarantee that this is going to happen. And, and I think, 
The only way it does happen is if they have a goaltender that they think they can get for a certain price, then Anderson would be moved. I mean, the, the one team that Myrtle brought up was the Edmonton Oilers um, because of their bad goaltending situation with Mike Smith and Miko Koskinen. He would be an upgrade for Edmonton. He'd be an upgrade for Calgary. He would be an upgrade for a number mm-hmm. of teams. So, it you know part A of this is the Leafs identifying and finding out whether they can get a goaltender for just as much in terms of salary or maybe even less than Anderson, and then moving Anderson would be the second part of that equation. OG's converts inside community right now. Let us know if you would move Frederick Anderson, even if it were a lateral move to open up some cap space to bring in uh, some more defensive help. When you're, when you're moving out big names and bringing in players who the Leafs think you know, might reach his caliber in order to free up some money to add other elements, at, at this stage right now, is, is that smart? Is it desperation? Is it uh, you know, realization that what this team has become really hasn't uh, amounted to much? Like how... How would you look at what the Leafs are trying to do right now? Because you you pointed out first round failures year after year after year. You Mm -hmm. think a guy like Anderson at 30 coming into his prime would be the guy that you'd have situated back there and then everybody would rally around him. But there's more than, you know, just his prowess and his talent in play here there's there's the money there's the fact that so much cash is tied up with the big four well i mean you notice around the league the the trend now towards a sort of 1a 1b scenario you know Mm -hmm. islanders with with thomas grice and barlamov uh, columbus with merzlikens and corpusello you know uh, halak and rask in, in boston you know there's always somebody that will be the number one in the playoffs but they're you know tandems and tandems that are broke down like basically half and half or maybe 50 30 when it comes to a regular season it seems to be the way and I think the Leafs right now you know are going to go that direction with Jack Campbell they have confidence in Jack Campbell and there's no reason that you know he, he didn't in, inspire confidence when he was uh, acquired from Los Angeles he played pretty well and I think he's capable of playing more than just a normal backup um, now that means that paying for a goaltender who's going to play 65 games um you know, that that's a luxury that maybe the Leafs don't have. But the thing is, I would love to see Frederick Anderson play. And I've said this a number of times. I would love to see the Leafs have Frederick Anderson in goal and play behind a defense that isn't a sieve. And their defense over four mm-hmm. years has been a sieve. It's, he's had to be superhuman for them to win at certain times. And when he is, they win. And when, the, when he's average, they lose. And I, to me, that's not on Frederick Anderson. That's on the Leafs' defense. But it's cheaper, you know, to maybe – or, or maybe to reallocate the money that they need to, they have to apply more towards the defense and improve the quality of the defense and maybe spend less on goaltending. So, I mean, that's the calculation that Kyle Dubas has to make. And, you know, this could all also all be a, a mechanism to get Anderson to take a lesser salary on a new deal because he is, uh, once the uh, the Stanley Cup playoffs ends, then he's eligible to sign an extension. And if they want to get him on a, a little less of a, a mm-hmm. deal, you know, floating out trade rumors if he wants to stay in Toronto is a good way of saying, okay, you're going to have to take a little less than what you expect to re-sign here. Philosophically, Mike, does this team have a solid grasp on what it wants to do? And is it staying focused on fulfilling uh, this philosophy and seeing it through to a successful end? 
that's yet to be determined. Again, I give Kyle Dubas a lot of credit. I understand that there are critics out there. I understand there are critics of some of the moves that he has made. And I'm going to start writing about those moves over the last couple of years in uh, in my column on Hockey Buzz in between now and the the draft, because I think just going back a year or two and looking at some of the trades and some of the signings is a good thing. But yeah, I mean, right now, I mean, I think there's – definitely going to be a change in philosophy based on the lack of success. Uh, you know, I still believe there's a possibility that they trade Neil under this off season, but if they don't, then it, it could happen in the next year or two, if they're not successful in being able to break through. And and that might be with somebody other than Kyle Dubas, because if they lose in the first round, the next couple of years, Kyle Dubas may be out of a job, but I think there has to be a change in philosophy based on the lack of success. You know, whether that, mm-hmm. whether that just means a change in the philosophy of the coaching staff under Sheldon Keefe, whether he brings in veteran coaches, whether he brings in young coaches, we don't know what, and, and the construct of the roster. I have a feeling you're probably going to see another one of their, bottom six forwards who are making three million bucks like an Andreas Janssen or an Alex Kerfoot, they could be moved and it could be a more workmanlike third, fourth line, sort of like the Bruins have or sort of like the St. Louis Blues have that's cheaper and more effective. We, we don't know what direction they're going to go, but we'll see. There's going to be chatter on a daily basis about potential upgrades for the Leafs players who... <clears throat> may or may not be in the Leafs' sights for transaction. Mm-hmm. Colton, Colton Pareko came up. We'll consider the source. But a, a Colton Pareko type would be beneficial to this Maple Leafs team that certainly lacks uh, in having a character like that with that kind of skill and that kind of ability to, to s- calm things down on the back end and also help move things forward. Yeah, I mean, Pareko is, for the Leafs, would be a top-pairing defenseman. Um, I, I think, you know, either top-pairing or top four, he's a right-hand shot, so that makes sense. And all this came from the comments of Doug Armstrong uh, last week uh, when he was talking about re-signing Alex Petrangelo, who clearly wants to re-sign with the Blues, but obviously wouldn't would only go into free agency if the Blues don't come up and offer him what he expects as one of the top five to 10 defensemen in the league, um, the Blues would have to clear salary um, to be able to sign Petrangelo to a long-term extension. And, uh, you know, Armstrong basically said, well, we'll cross the bridge of doing that once we determine what, whether Petrangelo wants to come back. If that's, if if he wants to come back and take a salary that is, um, you know, we can fit in, then we'll go and make those other moves. And the other moves could involve Pareko, who, uh, has two years left in his contract at five and a half million dollars per. Um, he's a very good defenseman, but you know he's a big right-hand shot, but he's not exactly a tough defenseman. I think he had like 12 penalty minutes last year, so you're not getting that you know presence in front of the net and and knockout dragout type of defenseman. But he's a really good one. But the you know the the question is how much it would cost the Leafs, and with a market where right-hand defensemen are are being traded at a premium. It's going to cost a lot. That's why I'm a, a little hesitant about, you know, the rumored cost and the, these spe- this speculation that was out there about, uh, I think it was Janssen and Liljegren and, and the first round pick that they just got from Pittsburgh. I, I, if I was, if it was me, I would not do that deal because I, you know, Pareko's only under contract for two years. Mm-hmm. And I, I think he's a good defenseman, but he's not a top flight defenseman. Uh, 
there are there are other names out there. Again, we're going to hear these. I mean, there's been talk about Edmonton with either Adam Larson or Clefbaum because they have a bunch of young defensemen. The the, the PK Subban rumors will not go away. And actually, it's funny because if the Devils retained salary, I think the PK Subban stuff makes a lot of sense because they were interested in Subban at the draft in Vancouver last year. Mm-hmm. So I, mm-hmm. I could buy that and they probably could get him at a, a much less price than what supposedly they would have to offer for Pareko. But there are a lot more question marks about P.K. Subban after a bad year with the devil. What's your take on what you're seeing with the remaining teams in the Stanley Cup playoffs? Well, it's funny. It's like uh, ex-Leaf night yesterday. Uh, Matt Martin and Leo Komarov score for the Islanders. <laughs> uh, uh, wow. Par, Par Lindholm deflects a... Uh, point shot over the over the shoulder of Yaroslav Halak it's 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 weird how these ex leafs are coming to the forefront but uh, uh I'm leafs leaf fans didn't want yeah well and i know and i and i know it's a different circumstance different team but matt martin and leo komarov were disregarded by the leafs fan intelligentsia as knuckle dragging morons who couldn't contribute maybe in another program they could actually definitely they are yeah the it is what yeah, it is. The, 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 problem, the problem with Komarov wasn't his play on the ice, wasn't his ability as a teammate. It was the fact that Lou Lamorello gave him a four-year contract at $3 bucks, which is not a good deal. Um, and, but, and, Matt, and Matt Martin, obviously, what they wanted to do anymore. I, I, don't, I don't get it, but I, I understood it. Um, and obviously, Kadri is going – bonkers with uh with with Colorado right now but we've discussed that before I, I think he had to be moved from the Leafs it was a question of what they could get back and they didn't get back the right pieces um but yeah I mean I I just I, I what but Mike hmm. but Mike as much as he had to be moved because of those r- brain farts mm-hmm. against Boston you know uh, in successive years <laughs> wouldn't Nazem Kadri a player like that look fantastic on this team right now. I mean, he's a 30, he was a 30 goal guy, had scored 30 on multiple occasions and brought the jam, you know? Yeah. I mean, he was perfect for the Maple Leafs. It still would be. It's just, he had these moments and it, it resulted in a move because of, you know, this whole idea that a change of scenery would be good for him. And um, Tyson Berry coming back at you know, Alex Kerfoot and these guys, would you know be beneficial to the Maple Leafs? You can argue whether Kerfoot and Barry have done what they needed to do to endear themselves to the fans, but more importantly, help the team. But you know, the Leafs gave away a player they could use. You know, right? And, That's it. Right, but it was a it was him being your third line center, making four and a half million dollars was a luxury that the Leafs couldn't afford, and the val- and the value that they that he had they needed to convert into a defenseman who was effective. The problem is, is that they traded for a defenseman just like some of the defensemen like Jake Gardner that they had had before a offense only defense yeah. ine- defensively inept blue liner. And that's, that's the problem. It's like, that was a philosophical uh, decision by Kyle Dubas. And I mean, I would have rather had Nikita Zadorov. Uh, from from the uh, Avalanche, and he's no, you know not an All Star, not a sixty point defenseman, but would have provided what what the Leafs needed on the blue line, and that's something. I mean, when you hear the comments of Dubis, and he says, "Well, I'd love to get another Jake Muzzin on the blue line," I think he realizes that that's the shortcoming on the Leafs' blue line is not enough defensive ability and not enough toughness. 
And, you know, that's why they may be in on Radko Gudis, who's who's been compared to Roman Polak. And it's like, the, wouldn't that be just the, the irony of everything that they leaf right. analytics nerds for years rail against Roman Polak. And then they go out and sign somebody who is basically another Roman Polak. Yeah. It's t- you, you can speculate all you want. You can project all you want. That's fine. But I mean, if, you're proje- if you're projecting success, then you better uh, commit success. And, you know, all of these projections surrounding the Leafs have resulted in very little. So what are the Leafs going to do to start to, you know, make inroads uh, as these frontline players uh, enter their prime? Right, Mike? I mean, you've got a good goaltender that you're thinking of swapping for someone who's cheaper. There's a lot that this team needs to do to, to make itself better. But, I mean, when you look at um, the the cornerstones, you think, hey, you know what? Um, you can do something with this group. But, you know, financially, uh, contractually, uh, personnel, and then obviously philosophically, there are a lot of things that have to get in sync here. And at least to this point, it still doesn't feel like there's a symbiotic relationship between the the top end of uh, this organization and you know everything that's happening on the ice. Last word to you. Yeah, I, I agree with what you just said. And that's why I think right now, uh, I mean, they're in the midst of these changes. I think there's going to be more trades. Kyle Dubas said, but, you know, we're not done. I think they're going to, there's probably going to be a couple big uh, moves in terms of either free agency or deals before training camp starts in mid-November. So right now it's tough to evaluate the direction of the club when they're in the midst of those changes. So we, we shall see, and it will be, it will definitely be more things to talk about on future combos. That's all we can do right now, guys, is talk. There's not a lot of cheering happening uh, other than, you know, cheering for or against your least favorite teams or your de facto favorites uh, as these Stanley Cup playoffs continue to wind down. Who do you think is going to win it all? Let us know in the comments. And, of course, I'd like to get your thoughts on Frederick Anderson. Should he be moved? We love the interaction. Michael, have a good one, buddy. Thanks, Norm.